0: Welcome to Dairy Stream, brought to you by the Dairy Business Association and Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative, sister organizations that fight for sensible dairy policy in Wisconsin and Washington, D.C. Dairy Stream focuses on issues affecting the dairy community and our customers. Hi, I'm your host, Mike Austin. Well, today on Dairy Stream, we are talking to a person that is synonymous with agricultural broadcasting. Matter of fact, I think if we were on the Family Feud and you ask the contestant to say who is the farm broadcaster, the number one answer would be Orion Samuelson. And we're really happy to have Orion on as a guest as we talk about what has been an outstanding 60 years plus at WGN. And of course, his previous years here in Wisconsin, not only uh, growing up in Wisconsin in the Kickapoo Valley, but also working in radio stations in Sparta and Appleton and also radio and TV in Green Bay. And Ori, and again, we look forward to sharing this conversation with a uh, gentleman that, you know, I could take the whole podcast as talking about your accolades and all the honors and everything you've done over your 60 plus years. But I want to start reflecting a little bit about the kind of different transition we've seen in agriculture during your time as a broadcaster. And there's been some very positive and unbelievable changes in agriculture. There's also been some very tough moments if you would, since you're such a great storyteller, to share some of those memories and some of the events that are still fresh in your mind.
1: Well, I guess I'll start with one that I've covered this week, talking about technology and improvements in agriculture, and that is the fact that the National Corn Growers Corn Yield Champion grew 345 bushels per acre this year over in Michigan. And boy that's a far cry from the 110 bushels that we had on our farm in the Kickapoo Valley of Wisconsin. So that first of all for the technology for agriculture and then for broadcasting because when I came to WGN we they did the introduction of me as their new farm director At a farm show in central Illinois, and we did the broadcast. It took a truckload of equipment and three engineers to do it. And as you know, today we can hold something in our hand, plug a computer in one end and a microphone in the other, and we can talk to the world from a cornfield in Iowa or a dairy barn in Wisconsin. So, yes talk about technology and talk about improvements that I've seen in my lifetime. But just one more story on that, because I'm often asked today at speeches by younger people, what is the biggest change I have seen in broadcasting? And the biggest change I have seen in broadcasting is As I said just a minute ago, we can broadcast from anywhere in the world, and it sounds like we're in the farmer's living room or kitchen or pickup truck. So that's, uh, but my biggest technology uh, event when the REA came to our dairy farm in western Wisconsin and hooked us up to electricity. (laughs) I can even remember the date, April 11th of 1947. Couldn't do it during World War II because the war effort took the copper wire and everything else. But uh, I tell my grandkids, if I hadn't gotten electricity, you wouldn't have a uh, game box or anything else to play with these days. So, yeah, that's a quick summary of some of the highlights I've seen.
0: And certainly there's been a lot of great moments. And just reflecting on my own career as well. You think about, you know, events you've been at, people you've interviewed, places you've traveled. I mean, you've gone to, what, about 43 countries during your career. But also right. in the individual banquets, the farmers you met with. When it comes to things that really touched you and you're going to remember for a long time to come, you know, really, what are the most memorable? Is it just the producers you met, the events you're at? What were they?
1: Well, the producers of food and cattle and hogs and poultry and all of the other products that our farmers worked long hours every day and against uh, trade agreements and against uh, the price going up and down, the weather. So, yeah, it's gotten to be uh, an unbelievable career, an unbelievable life.
0: And again, did an unbelievable job. In communicating the agricultural stories, uh, I don't even want to share because we're kind of tight on time. I was going to give the Cliff Note versions of all the honors and recognitions you had, both from agricultural and commodity groups and youth groups as well. But we'll just tell our listeners they certainly can look that up in your bio. I do want to talk, though, about some of the impactful people or persons you have worked with over the years. I remember just WGN alone and Wally Phillips, Bob Collins, Mike Goodell, and then. You know, more recently, Bob Surratt, plus, you know, the general manager first hired you away from Green Bay. Who were the people that really did influence you in this business?
1: Well, I'd say the biggest influence was the man who hired me to come to WGN from WBAY in Green Bay. Ward Quall was his name. And he was dedicated to preserving clear channel radio. There were only 25 stations in the U.S. at that time that were clear channel. They did not have another station on their frequency, and WGN was one of them. And he said this is a natural and a vital resource, because at nighttime, with that night wave, we can be heard in Around the country, and during my early time at WGN, I got lists, uh, letters from listeners on ships at sea and in all 48 states, and that I hadn't been able to do in Green Bay or Appleton.
0: No, you couldn't. That that's tremendous. And again, yeah, what a powerful stick that was. And because of that, and of course, your syndicated programs, U.S. Farm Report. I mean, you were seen and recognized and. know, both by your voice and your face, and as you said, just about every state in this country and many countries outside of the U.S. One question before I take our first break, though, here on Dairy Stream is just the fact that you were both on radio and TV. Did you have a preference? Did you prefer one over the other?
1: Not really, because you handled each one differently, because when you were on radio, you had to build the picture with your words and your voice. On television, we showed the viewers what we were doing and where we were and uh, could easily uh, talk about the technology and the advances we were making. So they were two different media, and I I think I treated them differently. And no, I don't have a preference over which one I enjoy, but uh, because of the differences, I enjoy them both.
0: And the last quick uh, question before we do take that break is you know, the hours you put in. I know myself from the schedule, you know, not only the broadcast, but going to the stories, recording the stories, editing the stories and writing them. And then also all the speaking engagements and different programs you were involved with. Where did you get all that energy? Was it just because you were so passionate about the industry?
1: Well, that was part of it. But I, I tell you, I... When I wrote my book about uh, six or seven years ago, I titled it, You Can't Dream Big Enough. Because here's a cow milker from Wisconsin growing up on a farm and doing everything on a farm. And suddenly, I'm out of the dairy barn in Wisconsin. I'm walking into the Kremlin in Moscow. I'm going to the uh, government buildings in Beijing because I've gone to China 10 times. And uh, so those are the many things that I I had to resolve in my own mind, okay, how do I handle these properly? But the one thing I learned early while I make my living talking, I think one of the strongest attributes I have is I'm a good listener. Because I learned early on that you can't do a good interview if you don't listen to what your guest is saying And remember those so you can continue with maybe a different channel as far as the subject you're going to talk about. So I like to think that I'll be remembered as a great listener.
0: Well, it's been great listening to you. This is Orion Samuelson. We're celebrating his 60 years plus at WTN Radio. And you're listening to Dairy Stream. So please stay with us. And we'll be right back with our Dairy Stream podcast after we hear from our sponsor. Hi, it's Jennifer Wiley from Cargill. We all had big dreams for 2020 that were put on hold, but bringing your dairy's dreams to life shouldn't be one of them. At cargilldairydreams.com, you'll find insightful stories from our customers, helpful resources like our free component efficiency calculator, and much, much more. Cargill offers dairies the resources and trusted partnerships you need to help your dairy thrive. Visit CargillDairyDreams.com today to get started. Well, Dairy Dream is brought to you by the Dairy Business Association and Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative. I'm your host, Mike Austin, and today we're speaking with a broadcast icon. And I know sometimes we throw those terms out, but certainly this gentleman deserves that, and that is Orion Samuelson, 60 years at WGN, even started his career in radio before then in the 50s in the home state of Wisconsin, and I want to talk about all the stories you've shared about agriculture and the people in the industry. What about, though, from the perspective of farmers themselves? Why do you think it's so important for farmers to tell their own story?
1: Well, I like to think that I learned very quickly when I started broadcasting from Chicago that I had to change my approach a little bit on the role of farmers and food producers in the society and the economy of the U.S. because I was um, somebody who said often that farmers get up earlier in the morning, work longer hours, go to bed later at night, and have to put up with politicians and with markets and with trade agreements and all that. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't long before a member of the church in Evanston, Illinois, that I joined, who said, Orion He said farmers are important, but he said we in the city are important too because we get up early to ride a train to work for an hour and ride a train home, and at least farmers and ranchers get to spend most of their day with their kids and their family. And that got me to thinking, yeah, that's true, because they aren't the only ones who get up early and perform what they have to perform. And so that started me on the path of trying to acquaint and educate city people with what it takes to put food on the table, clothes on their back, a roof over their head, and now fuel in the tank. And uh, I still get calls from listeners who say, what's a frozen pork belly? That's the question that I've been asked most often during my time in WGN. And I said, well, if you had a bacon, lettuce, and tomato sandwich today, you had a frozen pork belly.
0: <laughs> Oriel Samuelson is our guest here on Dairy Stream. Orien uh, getting back to the point of communications, though, from your perspective, what do you feel is the best way for a farmer or at least someone in the ag community to communicate with lawmakers on all levels?
1: by communicating, first of all. People think uh, if I don't write to this senator or this congressman, it won't make any difference because they won't hear what I say anyway. But I've told farmers and food producers across the country that it's important that you never be quiet when you have an opportunity to answer a question about what you do and about the uh, work you perform for the economy and the well-being of people here in the United States because that has been my goal ever since that church member said, you know, we get up early and we work long and hard and all of that. And uh, uh, so still today I get letters, you know, from city people saying, uh, how do I make ice cream? Well, email of an answer and uh, say. And then you can do this and you can do that. And I'll get questions about when should I pick apples. And, uh, of course, I grew up on a tobacco farm. And every time I mentioned that we had dairy cows and tobacco, uh, people say, what do you mean tobacco? That's grown down (laughs) south. No, it was grown a couple of places in Wisconsin. And uh, it's a crop that uh, on our farm. Uh, We sold in time to get the money to pay our real estate taxes, but it was a, a crop I hated working with because it was hard work.
0: Well, a man that certainly has worked hard all his life and certainly been to the advancement of the agriculture community. Orion Samuelson is our guest. Our time goes too quickly, so I want to get a couple other quick questions in. And one is, from all the years of watching the different transition of the agriculture community, For today's farmer, what would your advice be?
1: Well, my advice would be to get an education because you don't know everything about growing corn plants or soybean plants. So to young people today, I say get an education. Learn as much as you can about everything and you'll always have a job, whether it's on the farm or off the farm. And uh, number two, be a good listener so you can respond with accuracy to the many questions that you probably never thought you would get, but that you do get. And if you're going to speak on behalf of agriculture, know the subject as well as you can.
0: And for those that are filling your boots or following your shoes, those in-farm broadcasting, what do you really see as the future of that industry and what advice do you have there?
1: Well, I think farm broadcasting because I've been a member of the association since 1956 when I arrived in Green Bay and uh, that required joining the farm broadcasters. But uh, they are competent people. They're men and women who study what they do. And who are able to transmit that in an understandable way, uh, whether people are in their combine or their pickup or whatever they're in, or maybe at the kitchen table at noon. I've had more farm wives tell me, Mike, that they have been told to be quiet because (laughs) of me. Because at noon when we'd get to the markets, I've heard over and over, everybody kept quiet until Orion got done talking.
0: And again, everybody was listening to when Orion was talking as well. Thank you for your time. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you for the 60 plus years that you've provided agricultural information, not only providing that key information to the agriculture community, but also uh, educating the general public. And I think that's why there's so such faith and strength in support of the ag community is because of people like yourself. And just in closing, kind of a two-part question. I know that being a broadcaster was fun for you, but what do you really do for fun? And what might you do now that you're heading into retirement?
1: Well, of course, I was lucky enough to have a single-engine airplane, which I did not fly. I had a pilot fly it for me always because I knew I'd get into trouble. And <laughs> so, uh, I'm uh, I'm selling the airplane because I won't be using it as much. But I'd say that's the thing I'm really going to miss. Plus, going to the meetings and talking to farmers and ranchers and food producers, the best, most devoted people in the world. And as far as I'm concerned, the most interesting interviews I've done have been with those producers. So I'm going to miss that. But Gloria and I will spend the time. We have a home in Arizona. So I claim Arizona and Illinois and Wisconsin as my homes. And uh, so we're going to spend time together, and uh, she's no longer going to have to say, "Uh uh-oh, you're on the air in a minute and a half. Get up there at the microphone. And so we'll have fun.
0: Well, God bless you, and thank you for all you've done. He is a true Hall of Famer, not only in the Farm Broadcasting Hall of Fame, but he was the first farm broadcaster inducted in the national radio Broadcast. Hall of Fame. And again, that's quite an accomplishment and just one of the many. And again, I encourage you to look up his bio if you want to see everything he's done and all the honors he's received. It really has been a pleasure today to speak with Orion Samuelson, the voice of agriculture on WGN Radio for 60 plus years. I want to thank Joanna Guza for producing today's broadcast. And we thank you all and continue to remind you to support agriculture. and You can do it by listening to Dairy Stream. The Dairy Business Association and Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative would like to thank you for listening to Dairy Stream. If you enjoyed listening to our podcast, please subscribe and rate Dairy Stream. We value your feedback. And if there's something you'd like to hear, just email us, podcast at dairyforward.com.